Today's topic is whiter than snow. In Mark chapter 9, verse 3, it tells us that the, the disciples saw Jesus transfigured before them. The book of Mark chapter 9, verse 3. And His raiment, His clothing, became what? Shining, exceeding white. That superlative, exceeding white as snow. So as no fuller on earth can white them. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 14, it says again of Jesus, His head and His hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and His eyes were as a flame of fire. White is the color of the righteousness of the saints. It's the color of righteousness. And... Jesus has, has come to this planet to call us to be His disciples. That we might be like Him. When He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And He has called us to have the same righteousness as He. Go with me, please, to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. It says in the book of John, Gospel of John, chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And in verse 12, it says, But as many as received Him, to them gave He, what? Power to become the sons of God. What is a son of God? What's the definition of a son of God? How can we become a son of God? It's more than just genetics. We're talking about character. Character. So the Jews came to Jesus one day and they said, we are the children of Abraham. And Jesus told them what? He said, Abraham basically didn't try to kill me. If you were the children of Abraham, you wouldn't be trying to kill me. He said, you are of your father, the devil. That's what he said. Genetics don't mean anything. Profession doesn't mean anything. You can profess many different things that aren't true. But what matters is character. This is what the Bible says about the sons of God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says... All who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. So, as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, who are led by His Spirit. Even to them which believe on His name. Verse 13 says, Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We all have a very high destiny called to become like 
Jesus. Jesus was born into the human family that we could be born into his family. What a trade this is. He stepped down so that we might be exalted. He went to the very depths that we might go to the very top and sit with him on his throne. Such a trade is too great to even contemplate asking for. No one would ever consider asking for such a trade. And yet Jesus has done this for us. Notice it says, we're not born with blood, nor of the will of the flesh, verse 13, excuse me, nor of the will of man, but of who? But of God. Second Peter chapter one says that we are partakers of the what? Of the divine nature. We are partakers of the divine nature. First Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Verse 14 says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Remember, John was one of those three disciples that was with Jesus in Mark chapter 9, where we started, where he saw Jesus transfigured. He was one of those three. Peter, James, and John were the favored disciples. They were the ones that were closest to Christ. And John beheld his glory, right? Peter says, we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Go with me, please, to 2 Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16. We were eyewitnesses, he said, of his what? His majesty, for he received from God the Father honor and glory. When is this that Peter is talking about? When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Those were the words that were spoken on the Mount of Transfiguration. Verse 18, and this voice which came from heaven, we what? We heard it. When we were with him in the holy mount, we've seen it. We were eyewitnesses. We heard it, Peter said. When? On the mountain, where his raiment shone exceeding white, more than any fuller can white them upon earth. Whiter than snow. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. David's words mean that we can be like Jesus. We can have the character of love, of joy, of peace, of long-suffering. As surely as the disciples saw the glory of Jesus and His whiteness of His raiment, which symbolizes righteousness, 
as surely as they heard that voice from heaven, as they saw him transfigured before their eyes, as surely as Jesus became a man, so we can receive the divine nature and be born again and be loosed from our sins, from our iniquities. Jesus can deliver us as surely as they saw his glory as they heard the Father's voice, as surely as Jesus became a man, so surely can we also become born again. And we need to be born daily. But pastor, it was October 4, 1965, and I was born again. Why do I need to be born again? Because we die daily. And if we die daily to our sins, as Paul taught us and Jesus said, except you take up your cross, what? Daily and follow me, then you cannot be my disciple. The cross is not a decoration. I was in Israel recently and I saw along the street, I believe it was, it might have been the Via Dolorosa, um, where there was a man, in fact, I'm pretty certain it was the Via Dolorosa, and there was a man carrying not one, but two crosses. It might have been three, but I think it was at least two. <laughs> three crosses. I think he had a little roller or something on them, so they were rolling. And um, I don't remember all the details of it, but he was carrying these crosses. But that's not what Jesus meant. A cross is an instrument of death. And it means that we are to die... uh, We're told, Paul tells us, put to death the deeds of the body, the deeds of the flesh, which are fornication and and idolatry and and witchcraft and variance and strife and, and wrath and all these things. So put them to death, die daily. And if we die daily, we need to be what? Revive daily, right? God wants us to have that life daily. As we die daily, we can have life daily. Satan comes with his temptations and he says, you will not live your fullest unless you disobey God. You will not experience prosperity if you don't work on the Sabbath. You will not advance if you don't tell that lie. And Satan is a liar. And that's not true. That's what he told Eve, is you'll enter into a much more exalted zone of life. You'll be like God. You will not surely die. When really, the key to eternal life is following Jesus and everything that He tells us to do. And Satan comes with his temptations, but we must die to that sin and then be revived to live unto God. Back to John chapter 1. Verse 13, notice the contrast again. We are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And yet, verse 14 says, and the word was what? made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was made flesh 
that we might have more than fleshly power. We are living now just before Jesus returns, and Jesus is looking for a church that is pure, that has adorned herself with right, with white raiment, with the righteousness of Christ, has received his character. Go with me, please, to Malachi chapter 3. You'll see a special work that God is doing in our lives, which we should participate in in the last days. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Notice verse 2. But who may abide the day of his coming? This is a question that we must ask. It's asked by those when Jesus comes who are fleeing to the rocks. The great day of his wrath has come and who shall be able to stand? This is the preparation time, brothers and sisters. This is the time to become white as snow, whiter than snow. This is the time to have our sins laid aside and to have them forgiven and for us to be empowered to live like Jesus, to have his righteousness because he is about to come. Who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. His, his garment was exceeding white, whiter than any fuller on earth could make them. Remember Mark chapter 9? And here he becomes the fuller. He becomes the refiner. He is very interested in making our characters like his. Do you believe that? Have you accepted the call of Jesus to be his disciple? Every day, are you making advancement? Are you asking the Lord to take you to the next level, to go down into another layer of sin in your life, to reveal, oh, but pastor, I've already confessed all my sins. Well, every crisis that comes reveals something else in our hearts. Right? Now, known sin should be put away by every Christian. It is impossible to be a disciple of Christ and be participating in known sin. The Bible clearly says in 1 John 3, He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. But all of us have these character traits that we don't realize until we get into a crisis, right? And then it's like, wow, I've never seen that in myself before because I've never had this experience. And Jesus mercifully allows us to go through tribulation to bring out that dross. Gold may seem very pure until you put it in that flame and suddenly you see those impurities start to collect and float up to the top, right? Needs to be taken out. And only fire shows us what those are. Go with me please to Isaiah chapter 48. Jesus is the refiner's fire. He is the fuller's soap to us to prepare us for His coming. Amen? Isaiah chapter 48, verse 9. For my name's sake will I defer mine anger, and for my praise will I refrain for thee that I cut thee not off. 
God does not want any of us to be cut off. He wants us to be with Jesus in that day. To be standing with Jesus' righteousness and His character. Verse 10, Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. It's never nice to be in the furnace unless you realize that Jesus is in there with you. Every day, as we are placed in the furnace of temptation, of trial, of difficulty, we can know that Jesus is working out our salvation. He is preparing us for His coming. We should never give up. There is no temptation taken us, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted, above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Think with me of the three Hebrew men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the king said, you must disobey your God, otherwise I will personally kill you. And they said, God is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods or worship the image which thou hast set up. And so, if, but if not, we will not worship. Don't worry. Like, I know that God can deliver me, but if He does not, I, I still will not follow you. Amen? I want that. I want that faithfulness. And we don't get that faithfulness except that we ask God for that faithfulness. Job chapter 13, verse 15. Though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him. What happened when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were cast into that, that furnace? The only thing that happened was the ropes that had bound them were freed. It is in tribulation and darkness and discouragement when Jesus walks with us by our sides that we actually become prepared for heaven. That we actually have our earthliness burned away. I'm so glad that Jesus is with us in any furnace that we're in. I'm so glad that Jesus has a plan for us to be rid of our pride, our selfishness, our iniquities, our sin. He is a Savior. And He wants to make us white as snow. If you've slipped into sin, these are some verses that I highly recommend that you learn and that you, you meditate upon. Isaiah chapter 1. Verse 8, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Let's have a talk. You know, when the principal calls you down to the office for a talk, it's usually not a good talk, right? It's usually, usually you're in big trouble, buddy. <laughs> We're going to make an example out of you. That's, you know, sometimes how it goes on earth, right? Well, this kind of talk with... The creator of the universe is a little different. God says this, Come now, let's talk. Now, come. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be 
as wool. There is no sin that Jesus cannot help us to get rid of. And the peace of God, having our souls at peace with Him, it's worth more than any earthly advantage. No money can buy that peace. No pleasure can make up, up for its loss. Is having, having peace with God and being forgiven, being cleansed, is better than anything else. Another promise that we can claim is Psalms 103.13. Psalms 103.13 Like as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities them that fear Him. For He knoweth our frame, He remembereth that we are dust. He will never cast us off. If we come to Him pleading for help, for forgiveness, for strength in the furnace, I was pleading with God this morning. As I was on my knees, my family was in the car. They didn't know that this had really happened to me. And I was on my knees in the kitchen. I couldn't go anywhere. I was just right there. (laughs) And I just pleaded with God for mercy. Please, please help me. Thankfully, my wife came in and not too long. (laughs) Isaiah 44.22, another wonderful promise that you can claim for when you want to be closer to God. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sins. Return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. Jesus is our Redeemer. Finally, one of my favorite promises in the whole Bible, John 6.37. I'll just quote this one. I love this text. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. Difficulties and trials will come. We may be going through them right now, but every day has its share of challenges. And yet, the motivation for us to continue by faith is that Jesus is changing our characters. He has us in the furnace of affliction. He's making us whiter than snow, like fuller's soap, so that we might be able to stand before him and see him, because without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And we have then a message to proclaim to others that it is worth holding on to Jesus. The two contrasts with this text of wash me and I shall be whiter than snow are David, the king of Israel, the second king of Israel, and Saul, the first king of Israel. David accepted God's way for him and didn't try to do it his way, but accepted God's way. And Saul continually resisted the pleadings of the Holy Spirit until he found himself in a cave with a witch just before the battle with the Philistines. I've stood where Saul's body was hung up with his sons at uh, Beth 
Beth, uh, what is it again? I'm sorry? Beth Shan, yeah. It's in Hebrew, it's Beth Shan, Beth Shaan, but it's Beth Shan in, uh, in English. And I've stood there and I thought, what a waste. What a terrible thing to happen. Saul resisted the pleadings of the Holy Spirit. And he was, he committed the unpardonable sin eventually. And he found himself there ready to go into battle, hopeless, because he had turned from the priests, he had turned from the prophets, he had turned from the dreams, he had turned from everything that God was trying to reach him with. But David was humble and he was seeking after God. And so even when David sinned greatly, what did he do? He turned back, right? Have mercy upon me, O God, he said. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my sins. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not from thy presence, O Lord. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Wash me, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Is there something that you need to allow Jesus to clean today? He's willing to do that. He's right there. He's got the, he's got the soap. He's got the refining fire. And He wants to cleanse you. Let's, as we sing, let's make that decision to bring it to Him and allow Him to wash us.